0: Hello, friends. We're Becky and Carrie Holton, and you're listening to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And today we want to answer a question that has been asked by church leaders and lovers of God, probably from the time God revealed his will to human beings. Well, at least from the time God preserved his will for us in the books of the Bible. Wouldn't you say, hon? I would. I bet it's, it's I bet it's a question chiseled on a rock somewhere.
1: I don't doubt it. It's it's an <laughs> age-old question. It's a question that often floats to the surface when followers of Jesus disagree over the meaning of some text in the Bible. When sincere Bible students interpret the Bible differently and of course that happens, when they come to sometimes even opposite interpretations of the meaning of biblical texts. Here's the question for today. Why don't we all see the Bible alike? And why is it that sincere and able Bible students sometimes disagree on what the Bible teaches?
0: I really like the assumption that you just embedded in your last statement, and it was that sincere and able Bible students actually do disagree on the meaning of certain Bible passages. We mentioned this last week as we were discussing controversial passages like 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty four, First 1 Timothy two twelve that good Bible students can be found on both sides of an interpretation of those verses.
1: Right. And you know, hon, as we were discussing this particular episode, it recalled some fond memories I had of our time at Oklahoma Christian College.
0: When we were dating those fond memories.
1: Yes, they were such fond memories. <laughs> they certainly were.
0: <laughs> That's a little off point.
1: Well, the fond memories I'm talking about right now, Or the memories I have of listening to the question and answer forum during the Oklahoma Christian College Bible Lectureships. You know, I really miss those open forums. I miss those question and answer forums.
0: You know what's interesting? I went to many of those with you. I don't remember what they talked about, but I remember the atmosphere and the tone of the discussions. Right. They were kind. Civil. Civil. Yes. They disagreed sometimes very strongly.
1: But respectfully.
0: So res- I, we don't talk that way today. It, I don't it think so we do. Respectful. Yes. Good That's point. what I remember.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, we're talking about what happened back in the 70s, the 1970s. That was a while back. I was three. Yeah. (laughs) And those Q&A forums, they were so interesting and so much fun. Of course, Mm -hmm. the OCC Bible Department faculty would be the panelists, and they would field questions that had been submitted by the church leaders who had come to hear what the, quote, experts, end quote, had to say about an issue. And in those days the Bible faculty was comprised of doctors Hugo McCord, Raymond Kelsey, and Bill Jones. And it would always surprise me that these three Bible scholars, these giants in the faith, would often disagree on the meaning of a biblical passage. And as you said, they were always respectful, always civil, always kind, but they would see the scriptures differently in some ways. Or they would often advocate diametrically opposed positions on certain issues of the day. And those memories just remind me again that, in fact, it is true, sincere and capable Bible students can understand the meaning of Bible passages differently, and they do.
0: Yes, they do. And before we try to answer this question for the week, maybe we should nip in the bud what has been a possible response to this question. At least it has been a common response to this question in the past that we have heard said. And in so many words, you and I have heard some people question the intelligence of those who are advocated a different position or a different interpretation from the one they may themselves have held. You know, we might wonder what a follower of Jesus, why they would ever even think or say or do such a thing. But we've heard it done before.
1: Yes, we have. Unfortunately, we've heard people, even gospel preachers, question the intelligence of people who disagreed with them. You know, I've heard preachers do that very thing. Uh, they would question the sense of those who understood Scripture differently than they did. In fact, I heard a gospel preacher once who, after explaining his understanding of a passage in the Bible, said, this is what he said, anyone with half a brain ought to understand this text. Isn't that horrible?
0: Well, I would disagree that almost that that was a gospel preacher. <laughs> That's a little bit of an oxymoron there that would even say something. It's not only ridiculous and horrible that that would be said in a public forum, but it's excessively arrogant and unkind. So let's talk about some more legitimate reasons, maybe, that people might disagree on Bible topics. What is one of the first ones that you would share today?
1: Well... Right. Let's let's get to that. Uh, I think one reason that people don't see the Bible alike is often because they have a closed mind on what it teaches. We could we could call it closed-mindedness as reason number one. Their minds just may be closed to the truth. That may be what keeps us from seeing the Bible alike. Closed-mindedness. If individuals are closed-minded, their ability to think critically is seriously impaired. Closed-minded people are not open to the possibility that they may be mistaken about one or more of their beliefs. And especially in the fields of religion and biblical interpretation, these are certainly areas in which we are often reluctant to consider the possibility that we might be wrong, we might be mistaken.
0: Right. Many of us also may be afraid of the unknown and even insecure about the less familiar, we easily can, I think we just can become emotionally attached to the familiar, the habitual. And I think actually Jesus talked about this when he told the story of the parable of the sower, or the parable of the soils. That whether or not people accept the truth depends largely on the condition of the heart. Some people are very close-minded and refuse to accept the truth or... You know, and I would throw in here too that they may have done critical thinking and gone through the process of reaching a decision about what they think some scriptures are teaching, but they're unwilling to ever reevaluate it again. Mm-hmm. It's not a one and done process with most of the topics that are difficult. We learn and we have to keep reevaluating. So it is staying committed to what we've studied but it's not closed mindedness about uh, the refusal to reevaluate.
1: Well, I think that just says we always need to be open to truth. Mm -hmm. We need to try to keep an open mind as to what the truth teaches, as to what the Bible says. And we always, as you say, we need to make sure that what we believe is always open to examination and evaluation. Mm Mm-hmm. And we may need to be open to change right. when change is called for. Let's talk about another reason why okay. people may not see the Bible alike. And it's another one of these negative reasons. We might call it the will to be right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, is
1: it fair to say that many of us have the will to be Right.
0: Oh, uh, I think we could say that all of us have the will to be right. (laughs) I I think we all like to be right. Sure. I know it's painful for you when you're wrong. It certainly is. Right. I'm just kidding. Well, you know, once or twice a year it happens, I must admit. (laughs) Well, I mean, we all have a commitment to what we think, you know. Sometimes we hold that just a little too tightly.
1: Well, we're talking here about the human ego. Yes. And our tendency to want to come out ahead in discussions and arguments and the like. You know, we might believe that our beliefs are better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's almost as if our own views have a better chance of being correct merely by virtue of being ours.
0: True. Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, we need to commit ourselves to the pursuit of truth, don't we?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rather than maintaining a win-at-all-costs mentality. So I think the will to be right is is one of those reasons why we don't always see the Bible alike. We just we just cannot accept the fact that we may be wrong about something.
0: I think it's important to want to be correct in what God's will is. Sure. But it's not appropriate to be right so that we will be right and look good. Okay. That's a distinction I would, you know, could throw in there on that. But but a third reason we don't all see the Bible alike Maybe be that we have oh we just have some tendencies to be lazy i guess okay. we'll just say it that way we may be lazy we should probably admit that times i'm i'm guessing we all are lazy when it comes to this topic because we would rather relax or do nothing than engage in vigorous physical exercise for example mm-hmm. let's use that mm-hmm. Critical thinking, much like physical exercise, I'm telling you, that's hard work. You really have to put some effort into it. It takes time and energy and patience and perseverance and just some tenacity to think long and hard about complex issues. They are not snap decisions. Right. And we live in, a, in an age when we want stuff decided within 30 seconds. Right. You know, this tendency to not want to put the work in can be another reason why we don't agree we just haven't invested
1: i agree and you know you talk about hard work bible study can be hard work
0: it is hard work and i think people don't often say that out loud
1: i mean there are some passages of scripture which we've said before that are easily understood yes but there are others that are not so easily understood and getting to the bottom of what they mean well it it can involve some very diligent study
0: why would we think that A college course should require more work on a specific topic, should require more work and time and effort than a lifetime of studying the Bible.
1: Well, we shouldn't expect that, no. So I think the questions we ought to ask ourselves are, are we willing to put in the time and energy and hard thinking on some of the difficult to understand Bible passages? Maybe here we should remind ourselves that nothing worthwhile ever comes easily. And being well-informed on what the Bible teaches is no exception.
0: Right. So these are three possible reasons people don't see the Bible like. Uh, maybe they're closed-minded, or they just want to be right, or they have some lazy tendencies and not wanting to put the effort into it. But, you know, hon, I think those are rather... Negative. Those are possible explanations, I think, but I would rather us think better of one another, wouldn't you? Sure. I would rather not ascribe these negative motivations to other people. In fact, we can't know someone's heart. We really aren't in any position to judge a person's motives. We may determine that we ourselves are closed minded or someone who just wants to be right all the time, or someone who's not willing to put in the necessary study and work to understand scriptures. But I don't think we can make that judgment of others. So let's take a more benevolent approach. What do you say? Okay, sounds good. Let's turn this a little bit. Let's believe that people have pure motives, and that they really do want to understand the Bible, that we all do. What then might be a reason why we don't see the Bible alike? Good. We turn this a little.
1: I like this idea of of a more benevolent approach. Well, okay. One reason that we may not all see the Bible alike is that to a large extent, uh, we all are the products of inculturation.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And this refers to the idea that our values are to a significant extent the result of the conditioning and shaping influence of our particular culture. Our culture tends to affect, and significantly affect, the way we see things, and including the way we read the Bible.
0: Oh, I sure do agree about this. Uh, The truth is, is that all interpreters of scriptures, both those in the past and those present, are profoundly impacted by their cultural context. In fact, everyone is culturally situated. You know, we just can't help it. You know, I work with missionaries all the time, and that's one thing that is so important to talk with missionaries about is how you don't just transplant your culture into another culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So we all just, we have this enculturation in us, and each of us, we read the Bible in our own cultural context. It's really inescapable.
1: It is. It's inescapable. We need to be aware of it. And I was reminded again of this when I was reading a new book that is out today. It's titled At the Blue Hole, and it's written by Jack Rees. There are things in this book that I don't agree with. There are things in this book that readers won't agree with. That should not surprise anyone. But there are propositions in this book with which I do agree. And one of the propositions in this book that I think is spot on is Rees's description of enculturation and how we all are heavily influenced by our culture. So let me just read a, a short section of this book. I think what he writes here is so true about how we tend to view life and even how we tend to read the Bible through cultural lenses, our own culture and then the subcultures that are in our lives. Here's, here's a quotation from his book. We live in a time and place that has shaped us, all of us, have been influenced by having grown up where we did, speaking the language we do, reflecting the values of our times, our culture, our families, our church. Churches have always been influenced by their surrounding world. In the first century, Jewish Christians looked Jewish. Gentile Christians, well, not so much. That's why they had such a hard time getting along, especially when they worshipped in the same city, in the same house. The early Christians were deeply affected by how they were raised, how they spoke, how they saw the world. Their churches were profoundly impacted by it. So, it should not be surprising that Christians in our own time are affected by the world around us. We speak the same slang, we eat the same food, we wear the same clothes, we watch the same movies. We drive the same cars, we log on to the same websites, we download the same apps, we engage the same popular culture. The question is not whether we will be influenced by it, but whether we will be bound by it.
0: That is a great description of the culture situation. I appreciate you reading that. And I really like that last sentence we must acknowledge that we have been and will be influenced by the culture, the times in which we live. But that doesn't mean we have to be bound to cultural norms. We're not destined to interpret scripture according to cultural norms, the ones that we're living in especially. It only means that we need to be aware that we cannot help but read the Bible through our cultural lenses. We should recognize those lenses and discard them if we need to.
1: I agree. Let me just offer an illustration of what we're talking about, how we're all affected by the culture in which we live, the culture in which we were raised. I think this discussion of enculturation is well as illustrated by the issue of what the Bible teaches on the role of women, for example, the role of women in the church. Now, today, we are living in a culture today that says women have the right to do whatever men do. So we should not be surprised that more Christians today are calling for greater participation by women in the church because that's the culture in which we now live. But think about life just 75 years ago. We were living in a culture then that excluded women from public roles in both the church and in society. And you can see how Christians today who grew up in that culture would call for a more limited participation of women in the church because it's what they were taught. It's the culture in which they were brought up. It's what they heard that the Bible said. So what I'm saying here is both sides in the issue of the role of women in the church, both sides, those who argue for a more limited participation, and those who argue for a broader participation both sides have been influenced by their culture of course as you said our challenge is not is is to not allow our culture to determine how we interpret the bible that's tough i know but it's possible it must be possible for us to discard or or lay aside the cultural spectacles through which we read and interpret scripture and to try to be more objective in our understanding of God's will.
0: Boy, this is such a fascinating discussion, so important, too. I think there's so much for us to think about and just to reflect on, you know, how much we are enculturated in the place that we live. Right. I think the people that have moved to different countries understand that better because they're cultures get intertwined and confused, so they start seeing the different pieces of different cultures. Enculturation is unavoidable, and it's really important for us to reflect on how it has affected us, especially as it relates to Bible interpretation. Right, right. That's our point for today. Mm -hmm. So do you think we'll be coming back to this subject in our next podcast?
1: Well, if we get more questions on this subject, and I expect we will, then I think we'll try to address those questions in future podcasts. But no, our plan is not to return to this subject next week. Next week... We intend to begin a new series on how to reach new people in our churches.
0: That's right. i That's a topic we really do need to talk about as well, so that'll be good. Well, listeners, we'll bring this to an end, and I hope that you find these conversations helpful, and we want to thank you again for listening to this discussion on why we don't all see the Bible alike. We will plan to return next week with a brand new episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where our aim is to to answer your questions and provide much needed support to you and to your church and to especially you as ministry leaders. Until next time, God bless you.